2: Alright, we're gonna start. Right. Kevin will show up when he wants to Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns Podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A uh I guess disappointed version of the touchline media group because they're all currently dunking on Ace and I in the group chat, uh, because at least so far their team has made it further than ours has. Uh, I am your host, Napoleon Gregg, AKA the stump. And this episode is brought to you by Paramount plus the Smith workforce management group and whoever Blue Wire decides to put in, which, uh, we have been getting a few more alcohol sponsors, which (laughs) is, uh, you know, good considering how much shameless plugging asa does uh we are joined by ben aka half spaces to and uh kevin will show up when he can figure out how to get into the room um good if you remember to, my
1: name there greg i appreciate it
2: you're welcome i was going to call you half spaces aka ben and then i realized <laughs> that that was backwards uh to quote willy wonka strike that reverse it
1: it's always weird when I get called half spaces. I'm like, that's just my blog. You don't really have to call me that.
2: Yeah. It's also, it's also funny. Cause like, that's not your, your Twitter handle. Cause I always think of like, I call people by their Twitter, Twitter handle sometimes if I like met them through Twitter right. uh, and then it's just, but yours still isn't. It's just like well, the name of your Twitter.
1: And I made my Twitter handle like whatever, 10 years ago when I wasn't like a soccer you know guy writer thing. So, just had to convert along the way.
2: well, if Elon Musk has his way, you're never going to be able to change it again, so
1: well, I keep looking for actually the actual at half spaces because it's like a suspended account <laughs> somebody, somebody still is in trouble for it or whatever.
2: amazing, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to do that because if it's been suspended this long, I feel like there's some like horrible reason it was suspended, <laughs> and you just don't want to be the one piggyback backing off the yeah. back of that all right well. We're here to discuss uh, USMNT's round of 16 exit at the World Cup. Uh, we fell 3-1 to the Netherlands today. Uh, it was, I'll say, an interesting match. I don't know if you have anything further you want to elaborate on. Uh, I managed to get yelled at by some of USMNT Twitter by, for saying that I thought that Jesus Ferreira was the right nine to start the game. So that was how my morning started off.
1: So I have long-term regrets, I guess, about this match. But uh, short-term, that was a better team. You know, this is, this is what the USMNT is. We are at the point in our development where you pretty much expect to get out of the group. You don't really expect to win it. So that game, that round of 16 game, is always going to be against somebody that you're really not supposed to beat. So, in a weird way, this game today is the measuring stick. Like, have we shown progress? And as, you know, disappointed as I am to lose, I would say that is progress from the 2014 experience where, you know, Belgium took the play to us, Tim Howard had to make like 16 saves or whatever, and we lost 2-1. to So, you know, like, This was a a better game. I don't know. I I think that shows a little bit of growth. It's still disappointing to lose, but we've improved from what I thought of the team in 2014.
2: It's always good to see improvement. Go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry.
0: I was going to say, we lost this game in a way that would make like a true, uh, like, soccer power very upset with themselves like we sit here and because we're on the other side we're not like a traditional power so we can sit here and see the positives in it um this is a game that like germany would lose and would like absolutely like tear themselves apart for because they they lost the game on on like mental errors of man marking and and turning off for for half beats and then there was clinical finishing um it, you're you're absolutely right. This isn't a Belgium loss where we looked like an amateur side and we had one guy. It that that was a very improbable game versus right. Belgium. If we'd
1: won that, that would have been like the you know prototypical smash and grab. Right. <laughs> yeah. This was not. Well this- Netherlands
2: managed to, I think, perfectly game plan us too. I because I've mentioned uh on Twitter that, you know, The In the first half, for sure, the USMNT looked like they were controlling the game, and they had more possession, and we were in, you know, uh, Netherlands third, much more. But then, you know, people pointed out to me, and I think this is correct, is that that was exactly what uh, Netherlands wanted us to do. Their entire game plan was let us press high, just absorb the pressure, and then they knew that between Gakbo and uh, Memphis, you know, they've got two we we'll call them elite finisher. So they don't really need to have a whole press forward. You can just kind of depend on those one or two guys. And that's, you know, something that we're kind of missing.
1: And that, that really surprised me. Cause the reason I, I liked the matchup here is I thought the Netherlands would take the game to us. And they were very smart because like, if you'd asked me, how do you beat the U S you'd say, let them have the ball. Mm-hmm. They can't do a lot with it and hit them on the counter. And I didn't think like, it was very smart from the Netherlands, but I didn't think they would think that they had to do that. Like, I think I thought they would be like, we're better than them. We're going to take the game to them, score a couple goals and kill this thing. And I thought we would be able to, you know, press them and cause some turnovers high up the field and maybe get a couple of our own. But I I tweeted this out earlier. They were like a billionaire's version of Canada. Like, you know what I mean? Canada has Alfonso Davies and David, and maybe they can, you know, they'll, they'll absorb pressure and hit you, but you know, Netherlands has Champions League players in every single spot and did the same thing.
2: Yeah. If, I mean, if, despite what Manchester United fans will tell you, LVG is still an elite manager. And I think he saw the exact same thing you did and said, Hey, if we try and play, you know, if we take it to them and we try and smash through them, they're going to be able to absorb that. But if we just sit back and let them make mistakes, like, you know, all three of our, three of our four back line made one mental mistake. And that led to three goals. Mm.
0: I'm glad that you, you made your billionaire Canada comment. Cause I saw that tweet. And if you weren't going to say it on the pod, I was going <laughs> to, I was going to mention it and, and say that that was pretty spot on. Um, and I think it was a perfect game plan. And um, I think that watching this tournament and watching how teams at the World Cup have tactically set up against us, I think that some of this possession and, and possession high up the field has actually been like a little bit of fool's gold. We kind of run ourselves down a down an alley with no way out, where we, we get into these really, really intricate passing sequences. But we got four of our guys standing on top of each other, and we're in the, the, the corner on the right side of the field. And all the play shifts to that side, and very... Uh, very little ever comes out of it and we're not good at getting runners free in the box and the balls in, I mean, the Dutch just sat on and then yeah, they, they countered the
1: hell out of us. Um, I don't, did you read the John Mueller article from a day or two ago? mm -mm. So that was really interesting because it kind of makes the point that our attack basically is a form of defense because what we do is we slowly work the ball up the field as a team. And as we do that, we press the, the uh, the uh, yeah, the opposing team into their own half so basically they have all 10 guys in their own half so when they do win the ball they really have nowhere to go with it and we can counter press and get the ball back I, so, so our D de- our D de- our offense is actually somewhat of a form of defense and it, it doesn't have that cutting edge where we create a lot of chances from it so it's kind of like we I don't know just keep the ball and hope it, that something happens and it almost did with Pulisic because that wasn't like us opening them up that was just a weird bounce but
0: I I had the thought sitting on the couch because I was trying to understand, like, why does this same thing keep happening? It feels like something really good is going on for us, but also seemingly teams just keep allowing it to happen. Why do we keep pressing it? The other thing that that does allow is when you have four players sitting on top of the ball, working little triangles and trying to find someone to run in uh, behind, um, you can't immediately counter-press high up the field when you lose the ball if you don't have a bunch of players high up the field around the ball to immediately jump so it, it, it may be a form of defense but it's also um we almost have the ball high for the purpose of losing it there so that when play breaks down <laughs> right. we can then jump them and then like that's where the 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 true chance comes from in like those halter skelter
2: moments and and that's how Pulisic had that it, wild uh, yeah. chance um so, and I, that was also, I mean, it was off a set piece, but that's also how Reem had that one ball at, at his foot. Uh, and it was chaos and just kind of fell in front of him and he, and he just missed.
0: I mean, playing a really intricate possession style high up the field that doesn't go anywhere just to lose the ball to, to counter press is some like serious, like 40 chess stuff. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that there, that is part of the thinking is that if you want to be that type of team, You've got to have dudes around the ball, and the byproduct of that is they're going to be doing these stupid little, you know, tiki taka passes to nowhere.
1: Well, and when I say uh, towards the beginning of this episode that I have long-term regrets, what I mean by that is there's things that maybe you could have tried earlier in the cycle that would have helped with that. Like, mm-hmm. maybe you try Wea forward, or maybe you try Geo as the false nine forward but that was stuff yep. that, you know what, that horse has left the barn. You can't do it in the 70th minute of the you know knockout stages of the world cup. Like that's something maybe you trot out against El Salvador a year and a half ago. And Hey, this worked, maybe we work on it, but like, cause in order to do those quick interchanges and splitting people open, like one third of your forward line is a black hole. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Ferreira was a disaster Haji Wright scored, but I'm sorry, that was an accident. Um, And Josh Sargent, who is your your best chance at it, is hurt. And, like, Josh Sargent wasn't going to change that game. I'm sorry. Like, he's fine. But, like, there's nobody you can put there that's going to be a piece of that intricate attack that's going to work.
2: I don't know. I think Sargent would have – that first ball that Haji Wright just first touched into the back line, I think that Sargent could have – yeah, I think Schneider would have played a little bit. I think anybody would have played a little bit better. That was the one of the roughest first touches I've ever seen. Which is just—it's so funny that he messed up. You know that first touch that he couldn't get a one-on-one against the goalie in, or the keeper, and and then he trips over himself and manages to put one in. Like that's it, such an perfect encapsulation of that position on this team.
0: There's you like know? two things that I think sitting on the couch as like a FIFA. You know, twenty-two player. I'm like, oh, like yeah, you just play geo at like the fall sign. Like, what the heck are we waiting for? <laughs> y- you make like a good point that through qualifying is when you need to try it. But like, there's there's two there's two problems with with that. One, um, qualifying through Concacaf does absolutely nothing outside of maybe three or four games on this entire schedule to prepare you to actually play a soccer game against like anybody, right? you have to, you coach it differently, you prep differently, and, like, a different type of player, like, Miles Robinson is, like, a great CONCACAF center back because, like, all you need to do is have, like, all right, one guy's just got to be back there to, like, you know, chase somebody down, right? Yeah, Um, That's a problem. I'd like to find a way out of that um, for meaningful player, like, experimentation. But the other issue, too, was the, the player pool evolved a lot, like, over the the qualifying cycle. And it was also extremely injured at a lot of positions. So we never really had a camp where it's like, Oh, we've got, you know, current, current form, Polisic Aronson and Weya and a healthy geo in camp. Like, let's see, we were like plugging and playing, just trying to make 11s. Still. I, I don't. Our, our attacking shape turns into just such a, like a little, like, um, uh, formless blob of, of people kind of kicking the ball around. Like, I don't know like how at a certain point it becomes um, um less like routine and, and a bit more like artistic. Like, I don't know how much better or worse it would be to just have Raina like, hey, you know what? Like just kind of like slide over to the side of play where Jesus would be. And just like, I don't know, at that point you're playing soccer. Like you don't have some set movements that you're going through. This isn't like- it's a not an football.
1: Of... You're not running plays. Right. Exactly. Plays. exactly.
0: So like- if if the if the player type fits the the position as you want it to be played, I don't know how it's as big of an issue as as seemingly some people make it out to be. But I'm so not a
1: coach. Couple couple player pool things. Since you bring that up, Kevin. One, um, I think it was Matt Hartman or somebody on Twitter mentioned this. We're basically at this point playing with half of a player pool because that whole quote unquote missing generation thing. We are basically that this World Cup cycle was what should have been the younger half of our pool carrying the whole team. There was no older half. So now yeah. for 2026, yeah. the current group is the older half. And whatever comes up between now and then is the younger half that hopefully, you know, maybe a, a couple starters come from that group and then your bench options are reasonable. Because you know, right. I don't know about you. I know how I don't want to keep crapping on Haji, but like when your option is like, let's put in Haji right to help us score like, okay, fine. Maybe he'll run it. Well,
2: one. yeah, it'll be like sergeant is like your like bench guy that comes in for a spark or something. Hopefully fingers crossed. Yeah, we need a think that- to merge. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to use this hypothetical as strikers because we are still looking like we don't have a solid striker. It'd be easier to say, like, on the wing, like, okay, Tim Weah is your super sub on the wing because we've got a healthy geo, healthy Pulisic and somebody else has come up from the from the younger ranks.
1: The other the other player pool point I wanted to make, too, is um, there was no development from 2014, so in 2014, you make that good run against Belgium and then you hopefully, or good run, you, you play, a, you know, you play Belgium and barely lose. Um, but then all those guys are gone. There is no carryover from 14 to 18 because one, those guys were good. But two, we didn't even make that World Cup from yeah. 22 to 26. This whole team can be like, this is what we learned from the Netherlands. Like, did you watch them killing off that match in the second half? That was, I mean, I know we scored and we, you know, had some hectic moments where it looked a little iffy, but there were just times where they would work it up to the, you know, into the attacking third, slowly work it back to their defending third slowly. And they were just completely calm, knew exactly what they're doing. They're, you know, 30 year old people that play for Liverpool that have managed games out in the champions league and they know what they're doing now in 2026, if the U S gets a lead against Iran be like, oh, we've done that. We've been in the situation. We've seen what other high quality teams do. And maybe we perform a little bit better with that experience. Whereas in 2014, just hit the reset. Nobody's there. We didn't learn anything from that experience. There, Yeah. I mean, I, go ahead, Kevin. I
0: was going to say, I, there are also, I was getting kind of like flashbacks to, um, to, to, to bring this back to you know where my heart truly lies in the Concacaf Champions League, uh, <laughs> no, no, tr- but but truthfully, th- there have been games where MLS teams have played very competitively, have lacked like the cutting edge, didn't take their chances, and they've lost to a, a, a better Mexican side. It, it, it was a lot of those uh, Tigres teams that actually had enter Valencia, where Tigres could attack with just three players, and they just they 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 flew up the field with like fluidity that that the that the m l s i just like couldn't muster and it makes it really easy to kill off a game when you can create lethal scoring chances sending three guys forward mm-hmm. and that's something that the u s struggles with um we either hit like balls over the top and it's like instant, but there isn't this like oh like switch switch oh look the 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 left winger like peeled back and now he's like open at the top of the eighteenth like I don't know. There was like a fluidity that just like, wasn't there.
1: Yeah. And the, the, honestly, I think the biggest disappointment for me is this whole team's ethos is, you know, we're not going to create a lot of scoring chances, but we're going to be hard to score against. So if you beat us, it's going to be one, nothing, and it's going to be a tight game. And the goals were just so easy in this game. Like I'd have to go back and watch the first one again, but like this number two and three were just clear that the fullback just Falling asleep and that and, guy like the third one especially, like he's just standing out there for He's doing seconds. jumping jacks in the yeah, in the wing. Like yeah. there was there was nobody there. The, Dead I the f- completely
2: whiffed on him.
0: On the replays, it looked like the first goal is Adams not not following his mark, yep. which is bizarre for a guy who has had an entire tournament where he's mi- covered his
1: mark and other people's. Was was that where he was kind of like just jogging along behind the guy as he was running down the field? Yep. Okay, I wasn't sure who that was. That was so, Adams.
0: So you made the point, uh, uh, the good point about we're, we're playing with half of a player pool. This is the f- first like time where <laughs> I remember, in, like the Klinsman era, there were, there were lots of like debates of like you know who should start at what position, and, and there was like a, a pretty wide range of options because none of the players had the top end talent of our eleven right now, but also they were just they were all just like kind of the same. There are, like, dudes that were, like, maybe in, like, not, you know, a couple of guys who played in, like, top five leagues, but there's a lot of, like, European journeymen or, like, some MLS dudes. This tournament, like, the drop-off after, like, players like 12 is is incredible. And Mm -hmm. and Adams jogging back, Robinson missing a mark. Those guys have played so many high-intensity minutes. And part of it has been the game states dictated it, but also because, like, who the hell are you going to bring on at left back to feel good about? And Adams is irreplaceable. Like, we need depth because at a certain point, you got to be able to rotate guys. Like, heaven forbid we beat the Netherlands. What are we going to do? Are we going to run the same 11 out (laughs) and run them for another 90 minutes ragged against Argentina? I mean, yes, it'd be fun to do it, but, like, at a certain point, like, it, it does become a war of attrition in the knockouts. And, I mean, and that's where the true powers don't have a problem because they go 40 deep and right. they bring their best 26. Well, you did, you France, see Brazil,
2: did you see Brazil's yeah. B team yesterday? Like that was ridiculous. Like yeah. do you, do yeah. you realize, well, Jesus is starting as the B
1: team striker. And okay, right. oh, so, they both lost and they didn't care. Or one of them, I don't know, one tied and one lost, whatever it was. And they'd already won the group. So the, you know yeah. what? They can take that third group stage game, give everybody a break, and then be ready for the knockouts.
0: I, I do like wonder who the the young half of this next roster will be because as soon as we, we missed in 2018, like Pulisic was already on the scene, but like, I, I don't remember when people really started talking about like Weston McKenney, really started talking about Tyler Adams. It, it may have not been for another year or two. Right.
1: I think those I think guys two. maybe were just starting to, I think that was like, um, you know McKenney had just started to play at Schaga so people were like screaming for him i think but it would have been like you bring him in for the last two games of qualifying or you know yeah. something like that
0: so i don't know i mean Adams was already at Red Bull New York but um i, I don't know. remember
2: the calls for Adams getting that stronger until he mm-hmm. made the move to to Austria even Austria?
0: I, and even then when he was coming in they were doing that weird like inverted right back thing and yeah. i still i remember i still remember Matt Doyle like on Twitter like arguing that he should be like a right back for the longest time um, oh, so boy. yeah it, it, this this player pool came together really in the last like year where a- Adams took a huge leap forward Tim Ream yep. decided to, to, to have the best form of
1: his career um, back where would we be without him this tournament yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I I distinctly remember after the Nations League came, that podcast we we're all like, oh, that retired Tim Reem. So yeah. uh, clearly we're all idiots. So <laughs> yeah, great job! I already too. knew that.
2: Yeah, thanks for proving. Uh, I mean, me at, wrong. Least, at least we know at least one of the player pool for the next tournament. I have to I have to assume Joe Scally is going to uh, <laughs> take a bigger bigger piece of this pie, unless he make he he'd have to take in my mind massive steps backwards to not be like more involved at the next tournament, right?
1: How old's yeah. Jedi? Uh, Mid-20s. I think he could play I, in the next one. Uh,
2: other than
0: like Raymond Zimmerman, like, age is not going to be an issue for any of the players of note. Zimmerman's he's 25. Still... Yeah, so apparently he's... we don't know his birth date. <laughs> like 30. So yeah, he'll be 29. That's fine. Because I mean, Walker's got to be, is he 30? He's got to be at least. Yeah, he's 29. yeah like I 30. think he is 30. So I, he's super fringe. I mean, obviously, there's no way Reem will be there. Yeah, but other than that, it, yeah. everyone yeah, the should. The take, it, everyone should take steps forward. The teams ahead of where I thought they'd be, I don't know. I I, I just I, I can't get worked up and be sad about this. Um, yeah. I was way more nervous. The the the. Potential of uh, like absolute emotional ruin was its highest during qualifying. Like missing another cycle, right. I feel like would have challenged like some of like my core beliefs about right. like what where I thought this team was going.
1: Well, and going out to Iran would have been I would have been like, pretty upset about that.
0: That game I yeah. I, I, re- I really started the the last like twenty five minutes of that was pretty brutal. The first yeah. half was great because I'm like oh we're gonna kill them we're gonna yes. beat them like for nothing.
1: I so, still think that way a goal should have counted. By the way, that would have made that would, actually we would have that was what the Netherlands did to us. Yep. Or that second one for halftime and that, just feel the uh, vibe.
0: So that, was, that was also a total MLS First Liga Mackie's CCL move where yes. like you,
1: you you
0: play even to maybe even better than the other team. You're somehow down one nothing and then you freaking ship one on the last kick of the first half. That was that was I don't know. I was getting just huge vibes of that watching this game. Yeah. Um well, at a much higher level, obviously, but it there's like similar game state themes.
1: Another more high-level look at this particular match, too, is I feel like this is another indication of how XG can be a liar, too. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> like, I think we either... Well, I'm looking at a version of it, and we're basically... The US and Netherlands are basically even. It was like 1.53 to 1.49, so, you know, whatever. But I mean, you yeah. can't yeah. watch that. So as far as I understand it, it's kind of based on where the shot came from in the box and things <laughs> like that is how XG is calculated. Mm-hmm. And those two cutback goals are among the highest quality chances you can get. Like that's like Manchester city works to create those exact opportunities. Meanwhile, the U S opportunities come from, you know, like a a skewed clearance that gets falls to Pulisic. And, you know, it's just, you couldn't watch that game and not see who is like the mature world-class team creating like, okay, this is a spot we're going to go. This is a good chance. And we finished it versus the other team. Like, come on, let's try stuff. And I don't know, like you, there was just a difference in, I don't know, maturity. I, I don't know if that's the exact right word I'm looking for, but as much as XG is as a nice tool on things, I don't think you can say those two teams w- were equally likely to win this game.
2: I think it you I don't know if maturity is our word, but maybe confidence. Like the Netherlands had the confidence that they could break that press and counter the entire game, where the Americans, you know, didn't always necessarily look like they were confident in what they were doing and were just trying to hope for the chaos to lead to a goal, which eventually it did because Haji tripped over himself.
1: Well, and it's kind of like this is super dated because I'm old, but watching like the old Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Pistons teams where you would watch like the first couple rounds of a playoff series and you're like, they're just going to choke these guys out. Like there's no chance that they're going to beat this team. And you know, they might have some more talented players, but like these guys know what they're doing. They're going to win this game or win this series and move on. And that's kind of how this Netherlands game felt they know what they yeah. need to do to win. They're going to do it. And then they're going to move on and have a real game against Argentina.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it helped that we played perfectly into what I assume was LVG's game plan. Like if you can, if you can sit back and say, see, I told you they would do this. Yeah, like It's pretty, it's pretty confidence inspiring.
0: Yeah, um, I've like evolved in my like thoughts. So like th- there's like three ways to look at possession. There's, 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 there's vanilla possession and it's, you know, 48% versus 52. And then there's po- possession. Where does the possession happen on the field? So th- there've been games. I think it was the, the U S home game against Mexico possession was like pretty split, but the game was played in its entirety in Mexico's half. Um, so that feels different. But then there's, then there's like the heat map view and where the U S never possesses the ball is zone 14. And the, the best thing that could happen for the U S for 2026 is that Gio Reyna stays healthy for four years and turns into like the fringe world class, like center mid, central midfielder that I think he can be. And he just becomes absolutely a necessity in the middle, and and yeah. that I th- that is the balance that that the midfield lacks, and then you then you pick, I don't know, I guess Tyler Adams right now It's something that's you get a choice of either Musa or McKenney depending on what you want to do, assuming someone else doesn't show up. Um, but th- that I think is like the the true because C- he was on for a half and he played so many smart through balls collecting centrally that I don't like. Well, oh, and I got
1: I didn't pay attention to it, but I saw somebody on Twitter point out that he was not sprinting. So he was yeah, out there I saw that. Go for like a, you know, a, a crisp jog, but he was not going to go all out run. So I think we can pretty much say at this point, like that hammy wasn't right or whatever, or if he went all out, he was going to, you know, you know, cause problems for him. So he's still yeah, and- a player you want out there between the lines, but he he's not gonna, I don't know. He's not fit enough to really go.
2: Which is kind of like – but that's kind of how this whole thing has played out, though, right? Because, you know, like Greg says, like, oh, he's not actually healthy. And then Gio comes and says, no, I'm 100% healthy. But Gio's a high-level – he's a high-level athlete. He's never going to tell you – he's a high-level athlete at the pinnacle of his sport as a 19-year-old. He's never going to tell you, no, man, I can't go. He's (laughs) going to tell you, like, yeah, I can go. I can do this. I can only give you 26 minutes, but I can do it. And, you know, there's people that are given way way too much weight to the weights of an ultra competitive 19 year old.
1: And back to something you just said, Kevin like, you know, how you mentioned we never possess in zone 14, which by the way, for everybody is right at the top of the box. Um, the I don't know if this is like a thing that other teams do on purpose or something that we do poorly. Whenever we have it there, we always have it on the wrong foot. No, no, oh, (laughs) geo's on his left. Pulisic is on his left. Aronson's on his left. Like if we do have a shooting spot or dust, it's always on the wrong foot. I I don't know if that's just a weird thing or if that's like a, like, I mean, I know when you're playing somebody, you show them their weak foot, but I don't know. It's just a weird, weird thing. I keep noticing.
2: I don't think, I I think that is like a tactical, uh, a tactical thing because, um, you know, it seems that every time. It seems like teams do let us into the top top of the box, and if they're going to let us in there, they're going to let us in there on our on our off foot, right?
0: Yeah. I, I, I guess. I, I don't know if we're being, like, driven opposite. I mean, that's some, like, pretty – it's hard to, to do stuff like that in the middle of a soccer field versus, uh, like, basketball where you can, like, really try to drive someone one way or the other. Yeah. They're also – it's funny. So the, the cleanest ball that Ballistic probably struck this entire tournament was the one that rattled the crossbar against England. He's he's not a very good striker of the ball. So like I've I've not watched every minute of the guy playing. And maybe it's because it's like a a confirmation bias, but like two of the purest strikes that I remember him ever hitting is the crossbar against England. That just happened. And when he was like still with Dortmund in like a, against real Madrid and champions league, he like volleyed one from outside the 18. So mm-hmm. pure hit the crossbar. Like I'll never forget that strike, but otherwise generally speaking, he scores a lot of his goals, like smash and grab, or kind of like he places
1: them. I will say and- his left has gotten better though, too. Cause he's put a, like, I remember he, for whatever reason he kills crystal palace. And he's, he scored almost oh, like a carbon yeah. copy goal like with his left into like the upper, you know, yeah, upper 90 of upper the left I side. That. So yeah. I think his left has gotten better. But yeah, he's not – like if you want somebody taking a shot from outside the box, you want that's, like Reyna or Wea we, or Dezis. wea has
2: wea's got, wea's got a catch. Weya
0: hits it clean. And like uh, – th- that's like the other biggest difference is like the, the clinical finishing chances that the Dutch got. I mean, they, they hit them like hard and true on frame. Whereas like, there were a lot of like dribblers that kind of made it to the goalie where it's like, man, if you like, if you hit that clean with pace, like maybe he spills it. He doesn't feel comfortable just collecting it. So he has to like, almost kind of like palm it away from, and then you never know where that goes. So I I don't know. There's, there's a lot of like what ifs and maybes. Um,
1: But sometimes you do know what something's going to show you.
2: You know what? (laughs)
0: Oh yeah, good job!
2: Yeah, that was excellent. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna—I uh, don't have to <laughs> count down. I'm gonna st- end and then se- I'll send an email this time to both of you guys because I got to start uh, a new one. Okay, I cool. don't have a paid account, so I only have a forty-minute limit.
0: I was when Ben when you said that I was like, "What is he talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, that's what
1: he did." I'm like, <laughs> don't <just> a, <laughs> "Yeah,"
2: I'm oh, <my> yeah. like, <laughs> "Where to go with sorry, that?" Sorry,
1: sorry. Hey everybody, uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. UF. (laughs) (laughs) it. Do it again.
2: No, just keep going. Just keep going. UEFA Champions League Soccer is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart stopping, hold
0: your breath, exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top
2: teams, you'll note not Arsenal, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no, against Liverpool, no, Man City, yeah, probably, Chelsea, no, PSG, come on, Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us, and more, fire, in soccer's (laughs) biggest club competition. So, don't miss a single sweat soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount Plus.
0: We'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on on Paramount Plus, (laughs) but they're not going to advertise for that. Golazzo.
2: I'd like to thank Ben for uh taking Ace's place with the ham fisted ad lead uh shoehorn there. Excellent work, Ben. I'm sorry I didn't recognize it at first. I need to make uh, so I, I think, need to
1: apologize to Asa, by the way. Doing uh segues is harder than I expected.
2: <laughs> you got you just sit there and wait for somebody to say something about watching or paramount or something like that, and then you gotta jump in. Yeah. Um all right, so I guess. You know, we lost 3-1 to the Netherlands, but there was still some good in there. I guess I kind of want to ask you guys, who do you think your man of the match was? Um, I mean, we can do go to the match as well, but I don't think that uh, – I think that's pretty obvious. It's just the back line.
1: I mean, early on, times. I thought Dust was just bawling, but then yeah. you know, defense became a thing. Uh, Matt Turner was good, and I don't know if this is an individual game thing, but his distribution over the course of this tournament was like – Dude, we don't need Stefan, so I don't know. I mean, he I made a couple gonna, big saves. I was gonna say
0: Turner, like, I can't pick a clear and obvious attacking player, so yeah. I, I kind of have to go with Turner because, yeah, the, the six minutes of hope that we all felt when it was two to one were only made <laughs> possible by a couple of like really big saves by Turner in the second yeah.
2: half. Um, oh, that one where he got he got peppered with two in a row in the second, the double was his, was his hand, yeah, yeah that was unreal. And, I, you know, I've been banging the Turner drum for a while, but I, don't,
1: I just want to say I don't think Zach Steffen makes that second save. Yeah. And the midfield was a little bit of a disappointment to me as well. Like, it kind yeah. of felt like midfield wasn't a factor, if that made sense. Like, just wasn't a I think a they were
2: finally tired. Yeah. Like, you well, is... have to play, that's what, 360 over a week? Yeah. 10 days? Yeah. That's a lot of soccer, man. It's a lot there... of cardio there wasn't a lot of
0: battling to be, I mean, maybe this was by design by the Dutch, but like there just wasn't a lot of battling in the midfield.
1: It just felt like it went up and down the wings for most of the game. I'd have to go back and look, but that's what it feels like in my memory.
0: We, we with extreme ease would work it up high to the right-hand side. We'd kick it around in a circle for a while, or the, the Dutch went flying the other way. They're just, this wasn't a game that was played, you know, in the, in the, central third
1: well and and think about it if you're uh, louis van Gaal, louis van Gaal, whatever you say like do we really want to try to work it through a midfield of three super athletic guys that are going to make it a huge pain in the ass like, right yeah probably not let's just go around them mm-hmm. yeah we yeah uh, we
2: go ahead Gavin.
0: i was i was gonna say i mean we 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 know we know our kryptonite and it's teams that don't want to battle us it's it i mean Maybe it's true progress where the the Netherlands actually game plan for the U.S. versus, you know, eight years ago, you just roll the helmets out there. And, you know, you, you, right. let's go play play the play our game. It doesn't matter what the U.S. does or doesn't do. I mean, so that's like a, a mark of, of progress is that there seemed to be like an intentional wrinkle to a game plan versus just being like, don't get hurt out there. We're going to be subbing early. <laughs>
1: like, let's let, wrap this up. Do you guys remember that? um <laughs> I don't know if this is a, a PG-13 rated reference, but um, <laughs> Milton Berle. You guys remember this story? So Milton I, Berle. Uh, I know Milton Berle is and what he's famous okay. for. He's, a, he's he's an old um, he's an old actor that had a reputation for having a humongous. <clears throat> and um, there was a point where somebody dared him to, you know, take it out and compare or whatever, and he reportedly took out just enough to win. Yep. <laughs> So he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, uh, you know, flop the whole thing out there. He took out what he needed to, to win. And it feels like that's maybe what teams used to be able to do uh, Mm -hmm. to the U S and you know, maybe now they have to uh, pull out the whole bag a little bit more. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's, that's definitely an improvement for the U S right. Is like, you don't, now you have to at least make other people show you their whole bag of trips before they can beat you. Right. And it's not just like throwing a better player on the field and saying, well, game's right. over.
1: And it's not like in 2014, Roberto Martinez didn't have a game plan for playing the U S and the, you know, the round of 16. But I think the game plan could be like, we're going to do what we do. We're better at, we're better than them. And we're going to, you know, as long as we play well, we're going to beat this team. I think the Netherlands had to be like, all right, if we try to attack them and we carry the play to them, this is, that's not an ideal situation for us, but you know i I think i don't know i think basically we've been seeing the whole thing they were the netherlands had to be very smart about it to win and they were Mm. so we can do a full we'll do a full post-mortem
2: post-mortem later this week but i think that uh you know there's been a lot of discussions about greg's future uh throughout this tournament especially i mean i don't know if it's the entire Uh, or I don't know if it's the U S soccer federation or just my little particular corner of Twitter, but I saw a lot of people calling for maybe a different coach in the 26 cycle. Do you guys have any thoughts on that?
0: I I mean, I've, I've heard like, almost like a rule of thumb that it's just a terrible idea to let a coach go for more than a cycle. Um, I mean, look at the, 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 the weirdness that ended up happening happening with Klinsman by letting him run for two cycles. Like, you generally reset unless you've got some like legendary coach and you just won the world cup. Like
2: a lot of times you move on just because you need fresh ideas. Um Is that really how, cause I, I assume that I, I'm going to be fully honest here. I just assumed that other countries basically had their national manager and he was there until, you know, like an embarrassing exit, like Mexico sacked Tata because I mean, they didn't make a run around the
1: case. Uh, like Uruguay had, Tabaras or something for like 15 years. I mean, um, what's his, uh, Germany kept Yogi low for a while, but that went poorly. Yeah. I, I tend to think that, um, you know, like you should get one cycle and then you get stale. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there, but um, actually, I just threw out a tweet asking for questions and Bima Jenkins just said, who should we be following as salad potential options? And I don't know. But I would imagine that the uh, the U.S. job is going to be a, a fairly attractive one. We're hosting the World yeah. Cup. We have a solid generation of up and coming players. Mm-hmm. Like the candidates right now are the ones that I think would be obvious. You know, Pellegrino Matarazzo, Jim Curtin, um, Jesse Marsh. Maybe I mean, but he's you know he's not available at the moment. So I don't know. I, he'll, I, like I, said, I mean, I he'll get a call. It's going to be an attractive job. So there's going to be some options.
0: I, I could see very legitimate interest from big international names but the way that the current makeup of the US soccer federation is they're very um they they certainly like to promote from within like i don't well, know if they'd yeah. be if they're looking for an outsider I, I would
2: be worried because i think that because we are hosting the world cup i feel like they are going to try to go for an american uh, in some way, shape, or fa- fashion, whether it's like an actual American nationality or it's somebody who's coached in MLS, which I don't know if that's the right tack to take. we especially. Fairly influenced
1: by the Dutch. I mean, Ernie Stewart is Dutch. Burhalter yeah. played a lot in Holland growing up. They play that four-three-three, yeah. So I could see, I don't know, I don't think there's any American coaches in the Netherlands, but a Dutch influence is already there.
0: I mean... The right answer is Jesse Mars. It's just a question of, like, timing is everything. Um, if, if he stays up and, you know, builds a little bit of momentum with leads, like, when do you want to install your next head coach? Like th- I guess that's, like, the first question. Like, I don't even know when the U.S. plays their next game friendly or Nations League, right. whatever the goofiness is. Like, who's going to be on the bench for
1: that? Um, I'm trying to look it up is there a January camp this year or I guess you know early 2023 I don't even know March that's what uh
2: Google is telling me is we have till March
1: okay I just actually kind of had like a
0: really weird wave of like uneasiness and anxiety wash over me because so much about the last like couple of weeks with my U.S. soccer thoughts has been like very like practical and to the point of like Winning games is a very narrow scope. You're hyper And I'm like, oh, God, like, all this stuff I have to worry about again. And, like, who they're calling into these camps? Who's going to be our coach? Like, uh, mm-hmm. man, right, that's so kind of terrible. So,
2: Ben, uh, there are – I think the next games that count are March. There are two international friendlies, uh, both in California in late January. We have Serbia oh, okay. and we have Colombia. So there's going to so be a January actually, camp. So we're playing real teams uh, for friendlies, which huh. is – I guess, nice. Um, uh, so I don't know if you need to make this switch that quickly, though. I mean, that would kind of give him, whoever it is, the chance to integrate a little bit before we go to the Nations League. But that seems like yeah. a very I mean, unceremonial still Greg, get the hell out, bring in the next guy kind of move.
0: Well, I mean, after our failure in 18, I mean, Serekin was, like, kicking around that team forever. And, like, there was all this, like, criticism about how long it took. But... He, he, at you need. We don't have qualifying. We we don't have to qualify for the 2026 World Cup, so it's almost kind of like a weird thing. Like I don't know, like what we're gonna do to get our games in. Yeah. A- well, I'm
1: hoping. Like, I'm hoping we, we just start playing like the uh, the Copa America, the Gold yeah. Cup. I mean, don't they occasionally like invite teams to random like the Asian Cup or I don't know? Does but, the yeah, Euro ever? Do? That was does ever do guest. Like we need to get invited every. Well,
2: that's what happened to Russia last time. They got invited to like some random, uh I thought they were in like the South, like the well, South Qatar, American conference yeah. for a while. Guitar yeah, played Qatar. in the gold cup
0: and they played yeah. in Libertadores or Copa America. Okay. Yeah. So, Copa America. But but even like during these qualifying windows, like what the heck are we doing? Like, are we playing, do we still play through CONCACAF? And like, it's just like the, 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 the berths go to like the, the teams below or whatever, I, whatever. That doesn't really matter. I guess my point is there is time to find the right coach, but timing is everything. I, I don't know if, if Jesse has a good thing going in the prem. if if he's going to be like, oh yeah, here, like, let me cut my tenure here short to come coach well, the national
1: team. And the thing is like, they had a good run right before the world cup, but like three games earlier, he was about to get fired.
2: So, yeah. I was going right. to say, and Jesse I mean, might take knows, it just who because who knows what's going to he- happen. Jesse seems like he has the least amount of job security of any Premier League manager No, through no fault of his own. It's just like a bias against him being American.
0: I want them to, to, to sell Adams for $70 million after this <laughs> tournament performance. Brendan Aronson, like, I'm sorry, you may be left hanging. And
1: then, like, Marsh leaves. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can still watch Leeds to watch Brendan, but right. do need um, all our eggs in one basket.
0: Right. So um, I, I would love it to be Marsh just because I think that, like, his style would best fit the player pool Um, but like uh, what a what a a cruel twist of fate it would be that we get Jesse Mars who wants to just be like an absolute track star and then it's like 2026 and Gio Reyna is like Kevin De Bruyne and we're like oh I don't know if he fits the system (laughs) like we're we have to bend around that like oh that'd be hilarious I mean it'd be a great
1: problem to have all right we've also got that's like very we've kind of gotten variations on the same question here from some guy named Parker. And then somebody named Zach, basically like one guy wants to know what's, where do we go at striker? And then the other guy kind of more generically wants to know, like, what do we need for the next cycle? Like, where do we need people to emerge? I mean, I think, eh, go ahead, Kev.
0: I, I I mean, be happy that Pepe's like 19 still and scoring goals in Belgium. Um. You know, we talked about this on previous pods, how we were, like, writing players off before they turned, like, 23. Like, Jeff Sargent was, like, dead to us, and he was, like, 21 or 22, whatever the heck he was.
1: Austin Trusty has entered the chat.
0: Right. Oh, God, no. Pepe's going to be, like, 23 for the 2026 World Cup. Like, he has two World Cups before he's probably, like, he'll be prime for, like, 2030, so I mean that's that has to be your, your hope. He is a pure striker of the ball. You see the goals that he scores in Belgium mm-hmm. um he he hits it very cleanly. he's a tall guy he's lanky like if he can grow into his frame a bit um that could help but but other than that I, question marks I have no idea I don't even know really who what like youth strikers are are out there that we should be like getting hyped on
1: right yeah well uh, and i I'm- I'm not ready
2: to, to write off Sergeant yet either. No, I mean, he did—he did take a. He'll be twenty-seven, twenty-eight, and twenty-six in twenty twenty-six. I mean, he's still got plenty of time. As soon as we got him out of that German hellhole, he was—he in, he started getting more more confident and everything. So, like, I think that if you give him—if he makes the right moves over the next four years, I think that at the very least, he'll be a very complimentary bench piece.
1: Well, and in addressing the question like where do we need people to emerge? It's it's basically everywhere. We need two new center backs. And frankly, like aside from the one kid at um Philadelphia Richards. whose name Oh Richards, sorry. Yeah, I forgot about that because he's never healthy. But yeah. basically we need four new center backs to emerge. Three. Yep. I mean, if you get Miles and Richards healthy, fine. Um but a fullback you need fullbacks full at both spots, like unless you're really gonna like you can't roll with Destin Jedi forever. We talked about the forward and, and frankly I don't I don't know. I mean maybe it's Peppy, but like my money right now would be on underscore. <laughs> like think- somebody's gonna emerge in the next four years that's gonna right. be on the like that's gonna probably be the starter and that we don't even know this person's name right now we have no I mean yeah that's
2: definitely the way to do it
1: yeah we have no depth at midfield we could use an offensive eight so maybe that's Ledesma maybe that's McGlynn maybe that's um Mendez I don't know but like we need we just need more players everywhere it's kind of like uh the whole recruiting thing like when when Michigan loses you know Blake Corum Like it's nice to have Donovan Edwards to be able to put in there or, but when you're, when you're Alabama, you can lose a guy everywhere and it doesn't matter because you have, you have players stacked three deep and like, that's what the best teams in the world have. Like if you, if you like let France's fourth team have a dedicated coach and like train on their own, they would probably be a semifinal contender. So we just need more everywhere.
0: I made the joke. I think that, when it was two one, I'm like, man, heaven forbid we level this and go to extra time because, like, <laughs> right. who are we going to bring on? Like, we're, we're going to run ourselves ragged. Like, well, like in our in our in our group
1: Dead chat, Legs Johnson. Like some, yeah, when we have our group chat, but right, that where like the football guys are involved, they're like, who's on the bench? And it's like, uh, nothing. There's nothing Nobody.
0: on the bench. It, uh, so, <laughs> the in a separate soccer group chat, we we went. Someone, like, posed this, like, idea that, the, that, uh, and this was, like, fresh off of the Jordan Morris, like, controversy when he came on against Wales instead of Reyna about mm-hmm. how, like, there has to be this huge, like, pressure from, like, MLS and, like, the small U.S. soccer circle for, like, player selection who's on the roster. I'm like, okay, like, fine, but, like, let's actually, like, press on that theory critically. Who are the snubs left in Europe for for players that uh, are sitting on the bench. Like the, there really aren't any subs uh, other than Pepe. Like who are you getting worked up about? Like there, right. aren't, like there aren't subs to be had. Like it's, there's, there is a, there is our first team. And then there's people that you, that
2: you just can't play.
1: Right. Like Mendez. And right, there's also right hopes in- that people get
2: though. Cause like Chris Richard would be there. I think that, uh, what's his face. What Folk would have been there. Uh, so in terms of like starters, I think there's only really four starters we probably need to find. But like Ben saying, like depth is important. And yeah, I think the French D team at least like makes it out of the group stage. Like so, you just have like, to Le- start finding guys.
1: Ledesma and Mendez are at the point right now where McKinney and Adams were in 2017. They're you know Ledesma's getting minutes off the bench for PSV Mendez is actually playing for kind of a low level portuguese side so you know in a year from now maybe they're like full on starters or they're you know like hey these guys should have been part of the team but like at this point in their careers like i don't know i would still rather have Mendez there than Roldan. but um yes you know the but whatever like yes. if you're not going to play who cares so
0: i, I we the only spot that some of the players selection controversy could have, like really have impacted is yeah. Like the Haji Wright thing. Now, if we had it had injuries at center back, that could have caused yeah. an issue, but like, otherwise, like, I don't like, I don't know. I'm not going to, I can't get worked up about the 26 that he brought and like who mattered in the end.
1: Well, and right. this may be a little hot takey, but whoever the next manager is, I'd like him to be somebody who stands up to pull stick a little bit more. Because like, I don't know, he doesn't really need to be the nine, like play 90 minutes every game. He doesn't need to be on set pieces. And I think there are games where it makes sense to start somebody else instead of him. Not like, not this tournament, this tournament, like with the health we had and the players available. Yes. He should have been out there, but Uh, I would love to, like, I know he's kind of like the face of us soccer quote unquote, Yeah. but I, he's also just a player on the team. So whoever the so, next coach is, try not to treat him like such a sacred cow. Well, and you I mean, we'll point.
2: we'll start telling. We'll, we'll get to know who the next like face is because I'll bet you U.S. Soccer starts trying to like build somebody else up the next year or something, and you're going to see who it is.
0: The injuries well, hurt us, but to to your point, then like the, our other biggest issue was that our two two of our four best wingers are also two of our five best central midfielders right. and when and when one of them is not match fit like they're just there there was not enough subs to go around yes I would have loved to have taken Pulisic off more frequently but the problem is the guy who was who would sub on for Pulisic was coming on for our midfielders as well and then the other guy who would come on for Pulisic well he you know jogged through an entire second half of around a 16 game because he's not fit like yeah yep the, we need well, it's more kind of-, of everything
1: it's yeah, it's kind of funny because like somebody made the joke early on this year about the Baltimore Ravens be like, OK, you have a running quarterback, two really good tight ends and, a, and one kind of good receiver. Make an offense. And <laughs> It's like, uh, OK, um, so, the you know, the U.S. says like, all right, you've got like four good wingers, two of them sort of our midfielders, no strikers, one really good attacking running back. Do something. Right. It's like, all right, well, wow. you know, how can we put these pieces together to make the most of them?
0: like there is a a a world where like a three five two actually fits this team because i think you can pinch pulisic in the middle pretty well or rain in the middle but whatever i don't want to start talking like stupid freaking formations but no that that's exactly the point is like what felt like oh it's such a great problem to have like we're gonna have these like difficult choices of who we're gonna start on the wing quickly turn into well crap they're like covering for our lack of depth in central midfield or one of them's hurt so and we it, it is what it we is. we
1: thought our center back pool was going to be miles robinson chris richards john brooks john brooks you know and um walker zimmerman and you know what that's not who the pool ended up being we didn't even think tim Reem was no. gonna be like throw tim reeman in there fine but like so by the time the world cup actually rolls around you have you know, one of those guys, one and a half, if you really thought Reem was going to still be there. So yeah, I don't know, maybe what you think you're going to have and what you get to the world cup with are not always the same. Yeah. That's, I mean, that
2: is highlighting one of the follies of trying to do this four years out is you never, I mean, Reem, we all had written off. And then at the last second he was on the plane and then John Brooks for three years was a, in pen starter and then all of a sudden he's not even on the plane and well and, and some poor to schmuck tonight
1: is going to get the assignment from their editor to hey you need to write the 26 tickets to um the world 2026 world cup and it's gonna be like yeah oh, geez it's so, like we just the like, 26 26 you know like I, six I'm months just, ago we don't even know
2: i'm still a little optimistic about it about finding the guys though i think that the u.s academies have taken giant leaps forward in the last decade, maybe even a little bit longer than that, which I think oh. um it might not it might not be providing us with the stars per se, but I think that the improved academies is the way that we get our depth.
1: Well and I've been saying correct. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was been saying for floor. a couple a couple years now yeah. that the 2022 World Cup was going to be a like a step too soon. We were going to be a yeah. young, interesting team at the 2022 World Cup. And I think we were, but if things go according to you know, plan and we keep moving, like we might actually be able to make a dent in 2026. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that our 26, I think
2: the depth is going to come from the academies and stuff like that. And then I still think, I think we're going to become less dependent on dual Nats, which is kind of how we got to where we are right now. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm very appreciated that uh, Serginho chose us and Jedi chose us and all of that good stuff. But I think Musa... But I think that we're going to stop st- We might see some more like high-profile switches because they see a way into the into the starting eleven. But I think that the way that we're going to improve this team more is through an improved academies and having everybody you know play through that. And then I, again, we talked about we talked about this ad nauseum, and I don't want to get into it again. But I think that player U.S. players coming up in the U.S. academies need to be more conscientious conscientious of their career moves. And the move shouldn't be just go to Europe at any cost. Like, we need to – the academies need to be telling these guys and are telling agents to tell these guys, like, hey, you need to be mindful about the moves you're making because this is how you're going to not only, like, make yourself a career, but, like, if you make the right moves, that's how you – finesse yourself
1: on onto the roster in 26. Well, and another name we didn't even mention that I keep forgetting about is Fuller and Belugan. However you say that dude. Oh yeah. Like maybe he decides like, Hey, the U S is a solid team that needs a striker. Like Mm -hmm. I can do that. So I I don't know. That would be great.
0: I pulled up like the, the top outgoing transfers uh, by fee paid out of MLS for American players. Mm -hmm. So dudes who have left recent, I mean, this is like number one, top to bottom, but like Pepe, Aronson, Gaga, DK are the four highest paid outgoing transfers. Aronson's already fully integrated, Pepe to come, DK, who knows, Mm -hmm. same thing with Gaga. But then Brian Reynolds is still very young, floating around. Kevin Paredes has been getting minutes at Wolfsburg. Uh, Mihailovic just made a move. Maybe Mihailovic has a a renaissance late in his career. Yeah, to uh, Mm -hmm. Azad.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember
0: that. Yeah. And then uh Pax and Aaronson just got sold.
1: Yeah, the, Frankfurt, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, so so there's there's already some people floating around over there, and, and some of these youth setups have been playing very, very well against um other youth setups in these like little like cups they they build. And then also like I watched a lot of that ML Next, MLS uh like nice. ga cup or whatever it is yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. the one where like they send up like the u15 and like u17 teams but like dude the u.s the, the ms academies won both age groups and like outplayed a lot of very very topic like i watched the the la galaxy academy like pummel manchester united and they had like three u17 like internationals on that ma- for england on their academy team like it's good like you said, it's going to be underscore. It's going to be people that we're not even tracking. Like, uh, I mean, this is an even weirder shout, but like, who's uh Quinn Sullivan? Doesn't he have like a younger brother or something
1: that's supposed <laughs> to be Paxton, right?
0: <laughs> that's supposed to be like the the next like coming, like he's like the next coming of like Geo Reyna and Pulisic. So like, it, it's going to come from like weird spots. Yeah. But the Academy, we just have to keep the machine churning and the floor will raise.
1: Well, and like you said, it's- these kids are now at the point where... They like I forget who they played. The Philadelphia Union sent like a U sixteen team to Brazil and just yeah like was just stunting on people. They were winning like seven to one, seven up like six to zero, and those kids are now growing up being like, like I don't care that this is Brazil or France. We beat those guys seven nothing when I was sixteen. Like yeah, yeah. That's the
2: other thing. Like there's there's guys that could be starting for this team or at the very least depth pieces that are fourteen right now. 15 right now. Like, mm-hmm. right. These guys might not even have broken into an Academy yet. Yeah. It,
0: it, it, I, I kind of got derailed on my Academy thing, but the reason I also pulled that list up, cause Ben, you made the point or no, Greg, you were about where you go is important. I do not yeah. want to see anyone from MLS going straight to a premier league side. I don't want to see Chelsea coming in and buying Matt Biaska again. Do not do that. Uh, Matt Turner Turner's like a weird exception because he's like 28 already. You go to Germany, go to go to Belgium, go to Austria.
1: Brendan Aronson route, that yes. is what you do. You go yes. to, you know, Austria, then you work, go to like a low level, like top, you know, top of league team.
0: Especially as like an attacking player, like you yeah. need to go to a team that is going to attack. And like, yes. it, it, Brendan Aaronson's like a weird example. The Austrian league top to bottom is actually like pretty bad, but you yeah. play Champions League minutes and you can get like, you're part of like the Red Bull ecosystem and you get like a lot of exposure from it. That's great. Well, like, if,
1: you're, if you're on the best team in Austria as an attacking player, that's like kind of ideal. You're going to get the ball. Exactly. You're going to get a bunch of chances to score. You're going to look good. You know, you're going to feel confident. Like you don't want to do the Josie Altidore and go to Sunderland where you have to grimly defend and try right. not to get relegated.
0: Yeah, and, like, <laughs> and, and grow into Europe. And And I th- hope that people are like starting to to better understand it. Like, like and Aaronson, I think he's going to like Frankfurt, which is like, that's like a great landing spot in Germany. Like well, they're not going to be like relegation threatened. Generally, you're not trying to break through a starting 11, like Bayern or Dortmund, like don't bite I think, off more than you can chew.
2: <laughs> I think that like the idea of the Americans in Europe was so foreign, uh, <laughs> was so foreign, uh, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago or whatever, that guys were just taking whatever the first ticket they could get to Europe was. And now we're, again, academies are improving. uh, And like guys are being more conscientious because I don't think they're only seeing like before it was, you get one shot to go to Europe. If you don't take it, you're not, you're never going to Europe. And now it's kind of like, okay, well, even if I don't go to Europe as a 19 year old, like as a 21 year old, maybe I'll get a shot at, I don't want to say Sunderland,
1: well, but that was just the club in my head because Ben said it. And well, it's it's easy for me to say this, sitting in my basement too. Like, like <laughs> can you really can you really fault Matt? <laughs> At Miazga? least it's your
2: basement, not your mom's.
1: Right. Can you, can you really fault Matt Miazga for taking life changing money from Chelsea? No, like, I, I don't. No, like set yourself up for life, dude. Like, I, I get it. Like, career wise, would he have been better off like doing something else? Maybe. Well, but like if you cannot work again because you got paid, like, okay, like, whatever.
0: And, and, that, and that's fine. And and also, I mean, to be fair, part of the, the I don't know, he he turned into like a, he, part of Chelsea's loan army. And like, that's just like a tough thing to get out yeah. of, but I'm trying to go back right now to uh, what I had pulled up. You made the point about not jumping at the first chance. And if you want to leave when you're 21, like Brendan Aronson was not that young. He was 20 when he moved. And I think he turned 21, like shortly thereafter, he didn't go over there at 16 or 17. Like he, Brennan Aronson was like a starter for at least a season, season and a half for, for the union. Um, yeah. And, well, and it,
1: Paxton just moved without ever being a starter.
0: And that's what I'm saying. I, and those are the types of moves I actually worry about. Like, yeah. It, Joe Scali is like a, 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 the weird counterpoint. Cause like, he was like, just, he was like a, an Academy player for NYCFC. Like couldn't break through their, their, into their starting lineup and then went to Germany and like immediately was a starter it was very strange.
1: We're at an interesting point too in like US soccer development because you're getting teams that don't want to play don't want to pay $60 million for Christian Pulisic. They want to pay $3 million for the next Christian Pulisic. Yeah. who they can then sell for that originally. So yep. we're now at the point where yeah, they're going to buy Paxton Aronson because they can get him for 3 mil and if he pops great and if he doesn't, you know, it was 3 million. It was 3 million. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean
2: I I think this is all a long way of saying that I think that you know the USMNT I th- think we can say met expectations for this World Cup, uh didn't really exceed them and you know didn't fall short because they made it at least out of the group stage. They they got they got to where they need to be. Uh I'm sure we will do a much more in-depth review of the whole tournament on Wednesday on the next episode with uh Ben and Kevin. Um, but for right now, I'd like to thank uh, Ben and Kevin. Uh, ben, you can find at B L. You can t- you can find B L Herald uh, on Twitter. He is also at HalfSpaces.com. dot uh, He will have his grades up for the tournament
1: soon. We don't like to put any pressure. I'm not or- going to kill myself this time, but I'd imagine I'll be out by Monday or Tuesday night, at least in time for okay. a repeat, we we can talk about it and I can feel like I am semi informed. Okay. Uh, we also uh, like to thank Kevin at
2: Kev underscore on Twitter uh, or anywhere you can find him on any Reddit weather type forums. Uh, none of you guys have still found us his Reddit at, so we're still waiting for that. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Mojo Rising 89 on Twitter. Um, I was actually the one tweeting during the match today on the main account at TLSTDS, no more underscores. Uh, so I'd like to thank all of you for engaging with me and yelling at me after I immediately was proven wrong about having uh, Jesus Ferreira in there. Um, you know, <laughs> we'd be on we'll be on Instagram as soon as Twitter falls off the face of the earth, which could be this week, could be next week, could be never. It's always kind of up in the air here. Uh, I'd like to thank Paramount Plus for you know showing the only tournament that matters now that the U.S. is no longer in the World Cup. Uh, I'd also like to thank the Smith Workforce Management Group and whoever Blue Wire decided to put in. I'll find out when I listen to the episode. As always, please like, share, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell somebody you meet on the street. Just grab their phone and click subscribe. We just need the numbers. We don't actually need to know who it is. Uh, And as always, dear listener, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much and we'll see you next time. I hit the wrong button. You have to cut this.
1: Podcast Network.